Thank you. Thank you for allowing me once again to be here and to speak. I'm always excited to worship and to, to praise alongside of you guys, but it also gives me a, a special kind of joy when I'm also able to share the Word of God with you guys. So thank you for allowing me to do that this morning. Last week, we, when Billy spoke, he spoke to us about the mystery which has been revealed. And that mystery revealed is Jesus Christ. God's glorious plan no longer is hidden, but instead we know that we have access to him through Jesus. And this morning, I actually plan to build on that and give us further insight through what has been revealed to us and its implication in our lives. So as Dom said, I'm going to continue on in Ephesians 3, and we're going to be looking at verses 7 through 11 this morning. And I'll actually be reading out of the New Living Translation. So Ephesians 3, verses 7 through 11, it says, By God's grace and mighty power, I have been given the privilege of serving Him by spreading the good news. Though I am the least deserving of all of God's people, He graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. And God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Let's pray for this morning's message. God, what a beautiful thing it truly is to gather as a family. Lord, I've been thinking on how special of a grace it is that we get to be called your sons and daughters. Even the opportunity, Lord, to have a place and a space such as this to bring glory to your name. Lord, I ask you, Lord, that you would convey your message to your family, to my brothers and sisters, that it would be you, Holy Spirit, that speak to each and every single one of us. God, show us, show us your purpose, God. Continue to reveal your mysteries to us. And Father, that we would glorify and honor your holy name. We thank you, Jesus. Amen. So purpose. That's actually a word that I feel has become a buzzword in the last couple of generations. It's a word that causes some people to fear, and it also actually causes others to charge into action. The dictionary, the one I, I googled, of course, defines the word purpose as the reason for which something is done or created, or for which something exists. Now, under that definition, it can be easy to understand what purpose is supposed to entail. But the fact of the matter stands that not everyone will agree on what their purpose is. We each have or feel that we've been called to a different purpose. For some, it means to be a father or a mother or a husband or a wife. For others, it means to excel in their vocation. And yet for others, it changes from month to month, year to year, maybe even day to day. And in fact, if you were to ask those within the church, Christians, 
The answers really don't change much on what they feel their purpose is. In fact, I would go as far as saying that Christians, that as Christians, this is something that we all think of quite often. What is my purpose? Whether it's out loud or whether we ask ourselves that question in private, we ask questions like, who has God called me to be? Or where does God want me to work? Who does, where does he want me to live? Who does he want me to marry? How many kids does he want us to have? What purpose do you have for me, Lord? And these are the age-old questions asked by Christians and are probably asked more frequently now than any other time in the history of Christendom. And if I'm honest, I'm not excluded from this line of questioning. See, ever since stepping down from youth and being the youth director here, I, in the last six months, I've probably asked more questions about what my purpose is than any other time in the history of my own life. The day in and daily, daily prayers, endless thoughts and insistent questioning has been a part of that process for me. And although not all things seem clear, I do know for certain that God has his purpose. And if I could continue to be honest, in these last couple of weeks of studying and reading through this scripture, it's helped me sift through those questions and the doubts that I've had. Reading this passage has actually helped me see things a little bit more clearly. And as I read Ephesians 3 and I think about Paul, I think about Paul who is a man with conviction. And he was a man who knew how to walk with the certainty of what his purpose truly was. See, Paul knew that he was called to be a conveyor of the gospel, the conveyor of the gospel truth and deliverer of the mysteries of God. And he was called to be a steward of these mysteries and convicted to speak it at all times, whether it was through letter or through preaching. In fact, it's actually exactly what he spoke whenever he started his letters. When he speaks to the church in Rome, in Romans 1.1, he says this, This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. Or when he writes his letter to the Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians 1.1, again, this letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus. Or when he writes to his fellow brother Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.1, this letter's from Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, appointed by the command of God, our Savior, and Christ Jesus. And we see it through each and every one of the books that he wrote. Paul knew what his purpose was. He knew what he was called to do. It also could be easy for us to look at Paul and say, but that's, that's not us. After all, this is Paul who wrote scripture. After all, this is, is Paul who, who was the apostle Paul. But he was just in need of grace as we all are. He knew that and he constantly admitted that. But Paul, for Paul, purpose didn't have its ultimate definition in what he was doing, but instead who he was doing it for. It is who in his life that dictated the what in his life. I want to repeat that again. For Paul, it was the who in his life that dictated the what in his life. 
Of course, we know that the what for Paul was to be a messenger of the good news. See, Paul, Paul was walking in his purpose. He was stewarding this wonderful message from God. And he passes it on to the Gentiles. A message that we're also called to steward, to receive, and to share. Which brings me to this question this morning that we need to be asking ourselves. A few questions. How will we, as the family of God, see our purpose and respond to this wonderful mystery that has been revealed to us? How will we see what God has already done in each and every single one of our lives? How does this impact the way that we view and understand our purpose? Paul, as he starts here in chapter 3, and as we'll see in a couple of weeks in verse 14, he's about to start praying. But before he gets there, he almost has this thought that comes into his mind, and, and he goes on into this profound aside which is what Billy started last week. In a side in which he starts geeking out on this mystery that we heard Billy talk about. A mystery that has now been revealed to the Jews, to the Gentiles, and to all that would hear it. See, Jew and Gentile are brought into the family of God. All who would put their faith in Christ can now, can now come to the Father. And he rejoices over this. A man who also happens to be in chains, by the way. And although Paul is bound, it doesn't matter. Why? Because he's been given the privilege to reveal this mystery, to speak and to spread the good news. That's why Paul accepts this calling. He knows the mystery that has been revealed. He knows his purpose. He knows it is to share it, to speak it, to spread that good news. And he continues on in verse 8 when he says, Though I am the least deserving of all of God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. As I said before, I'm reading through the NLT um, translation of the Bible, but it does a little bit of disservice here when it mentions the word telling. When it says telling the Gentiles, the word there is actually euangelizo. And it means to bring good news, to announce good tidings. And we find in the scripture that for the majority of the New Testament, when this word is used, it's referring to the coming of the kingdom of God and the salvation that is found in Christ. It's the same message, the same word that is used when the angels announced to Mary, hey, good tidings we bring you. See, what Paul was bringing was not just another message. He knew the mystery that had been revealed to him, and that is the word that he's sharing. Paul knows the treasure that has been given to him. He knows the word, and he also knows his purpose. And it is a privilege of spreading the good news. Paul knows what's been revealed. And you know what? Paul does what a lot of us have done when we receive the good news. He can't help but hold it in. He speaks with excitement. He speaks about rejoicing in this word that he's received. He wants to speak of the endless treasures that are available in Christ. Actually, some Bible translations 
when the word is used, endless treasures. Another word for it could be unfathomable. Or another word could be immeasurable. Or another word can be incalculable. Choose which word you'd like. But ultimately, these riches in Christ mean that we have been forgiven, church. We too have been raised to new life. We are reconciled with God. We have access to the Father through Christ and His Holy Spirit. We are members and children of His kingdom. We now have the mind and love of Christ. And because these treasures are endless, because these treasures are unfathomable, immeasurable, incalculable, these are only a foretaste of what is to come. So yeah, of course. That's why Paul geeks out. That's why he goes off onto this aside of talking about God and what he's done and the mystery that's been revealed to him and why he has this pleasure and privilege to reveal it to others and to spread it to others. This is why he sees it as a special grace and privilege of speaking of the mystery that has been revealed to him. And he continues on in speaking in verse 9 and saying, I was chosen to explain to everyone this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. See, in verse 8, he actually says, I'm telling this to the Gentiles. But then in verse 9, as if it wasn't clear before, he says, to everyone. He explains this to everyone. To the Jew and Gentile and for the generations that were to precede them. He has the privilege to explain this mysterious plan. That is Paul's purpose. That's what he's passing along. God, and, and he calls him here the creator. In other words, the God who created the skies, who told the ocean to go no further. He says that creator, the one who created you, the one that created us all, the holy God, he has now revealed this plan to each and every single one of us. It was once hidden, but now it's not. Now it's been revealed. No longer is it a secret. Church, family of God, we could also rejoice alongside Paul because this plan has been revealed to us too. We can rejoice that through Christ, we are now a kingdom family. Jew and Gentile, all of us who would put our faith in him, we are called sons and daughters of God. But I want to slow down really briefly because it's actually here that we can miss a valuable point and an example that we see in Paul and the message that he's been purposed to spread. See, when Paul speaks of this, he doesn't speak about it as if it was a right or as if he deserved th that this mystery would be revealed to him, that he deserved to share it. He uses language like privilege and I am the least deserving or I've been chosen to explain when talking about why he's been able to reveal this truth. And no, Paul doesn't say this because he's an overzealous preacher or because he's trying to slip in a humble brag about how he didn't deserve to be chosen, but somehow God chose me. It's not what Paul is saying. See, instead, Paul realizes the magnitude of what's been revealed to him. And he sees himself as a steward of this good news. He realizes that as a servant of God, even as a man who is bound in chains, he can't help but speak 
of the good news of Christ. He actually stated as much in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. He says, this is how one should regard us, as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. It's not deserved. It's not a right. It's not just some regular old message that's been given to him that he gets to pass along to somebody. It's not just another educational course that we would take. And it's not just another teaching. This is the good news of Jesus Christ and how he has redeemed not just Jew but Gentile, how he has brought us all into the fold of God. In fact, in verse 9 in the CSB, it actually translates it that he has chosen to shed light. See, what Paul explains of what he has been chosen to bring is light. It's so much more than any of us could have ever dreamed of. See, through this message, God has chosen to bring his light to those who are in darkness. And he does this through Paul. And he does this through his church. He does this through his kingdom family. See, this mystery that has been revealed and what has been revealed now all defines all of history. It's not just a message for Paul and the Jews and Gentiles then. What has been revealed is now for all of eternity. That God redeemed his people through his son, Jesus Christ. It's a message with a purpose. It's a message that brings life to those who are dead. And Paul not only stewards this message, but he also passes it along. And he continues to reveal even more of God's purpose. See, He's not the only one through whom God shares his good news. It's not only the apostle Paul that was able to share what was revealed to him. He's not the only one through whom God displays his wisdom. In verse 10, he says, God's purpose in all of this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. To use the church, to use his kingdom family. And here's where we come to the crux of our message this morning. See, as if the mystery that was revealed through Jesus Christ was not enough, Paul drops the proverbial truth bomb on his readers. See, the church in his day was already starting to live out the mystery that is found in the salvation of Jesus Christ. They were already walking in this. Both Jew and Gentile were already forming the church and the family of God. In in fact, in Acts chapter 2, after Peter delivers his sermon on the day of Pentecost, after 3,000 are saved to their fellowship, it talks about what the church does in Acts chapter 2. It says, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. All the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. 
See, we see in Acts chapter two and we see through the rest of Acts, the church already knew what to do with what had been revealed to them. The, the believers were already devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching, to sharing meals, to fellowshipping with one another, to giving to one another, and to praying together. But the truth that Paul is revealing here in Ephesians chapter 3 was maybe even more than some of them could see or understand, or maybe more than they could have expected. It's almost as if Paul is telling them, listen, in case you missed it, in case you have not seen it, he's using you to bring glory to his name. He's using you to display his wisdom. See, not only is it that Jesus has saved you, not only that Jesus has redeemed you into a beautiful relationship with God, but he's also now using you, the church, to display his wisdom to the unseen, to the world. That truth is life-altering. That truth is where we find our purpose. That truth is purpose-giving. Actually, Peter speaks about this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. And this is about us. This is who we are as a family of God. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. See, God has already called his people. He has already given us a purpose. And it says to proclaim his excellencies. That means excellencies there actually means his good deeds. It means his good works. It's not our excellencies. We're not proclaiming about ourselves. We're not speaking about our purpose. Our purpose is to display the glory of God. And so we declare his excellencies. We declare what he has done and what he is continuing to do. He has already prepared the work for you, Christian. He has already done it. And yes, yes, we are kingdom kids. And yes, we take part in what he is doing and we receive his inheritance. And yes, we are part of his kingdom family. But we also can't miss that he has also given us a kingdom purpose. God's purpose of our, over our lives is set. But sometimes, or maybe the question really is, are we too consumed in achieving our purpose or looking for our own purpose that we have completely missed it? John Piper explains this exact thought. He says this, most of us live our lives with far too little awareness of the stupendous realities around us. Most of us go through day after day and seldom feel the impact of the magnitude of what we're caught up in by belonging to Jesus Christ, the God-man, the ruler of the universe. And we don't take enough time to meditate on how our jobs, our home life, our leisure, our church involvement, how each of these fits into the cosmic significance of the church. And consequently, our lives often lack the flavor of eternity and the aroma of something ultimate. Oh, that there might be more people among us whose manner of life mirrors something mysterious and wonderful, whose words have a cosmic significance. 
Maybe, just maybe, we are too preoccupied in seeing where, which way I go, where I, what do I do, what's the next thing that we have forgotten that our purpose is to magnify the name of the Lord. See, God, God could have done it any other way. In fact, if we look at verse 10, we could actually take that phrase where it says to use the church out of the passage and it would still make sense because God could have chosen anything else that he wanted to do to display his glory. But you know what he does in his love and grace? He uses us, family of God, to display his wisdom, to display his goodness. In God's unlimited power and wisdom, he could have done it any other way. It is his wisdom after all. But he did as he saw fit. And he saw fit to do it through his church, his kingdom family. His wisdom here is actually called the wisdom with rich variety. Other translations call it manifold or multifaceted wisdom. It's intricate and it can be seen from different views and from different positions. And yet, his wisdom would still be inexhaustible. But in his glory, And in his goodness towards us, he uses the church. He uses his family, his royal family, to display his wisdom. His purpose, our purpose, is to display his wisdom. And display to whom? Verse 10 gives us a little bit of insight to that. It says, unseen rulers and authorities in heavenly places. And this can be read as if Paul is speaking about the angels and those who surround God. Or it can also be read as those principalities of darkness who do the will of Satan. Different commentators on this passage will, will give different views on the matter on who these unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places are. I honestly believe it's both. It is being displayed to everyone, including the entire cosmos. See, the angels who view this unfolding marvel and glorify for what he has done and he's revealed and is continuing to do. And the principalities of darkness and the evil of Satan, well, they are reminded that God has all the power and authority. In the revelation of his multifaceted wisdom, the enemy is reminded that there is no one like our God. And he uses us, he uses his church family to display that wisdom, to display his power, to display his goodness. See, the world, the world views the church and they have the opportunity to see what he has done in the life of every single believer. See, it's in the day by day, in the moment of moments that God displays his glory and his wisdom through us. And if the mystery that was revealed is that through Christ we have been redeemed and reunited to our Father, that through Christ we are now part of God's kingdom family, then the universe and everyone in it has the opportunity to see how God has done this in our lives. His wisdom is displayed. And we walk in the truth of what he's done. And we walk with the purpose of glorifying his name people see through his kingdom family who he truly is. We are the light to the world. Jesus said so in Matthew 5, 14. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. See, we are the light 
The light has been shed upon our hearts. Listen, we're not called to go try to find the light and try to produce it on our own. It says that we already are that light. We've already been given that purpose. And this is who we are already because it's Christ who is in us. I don't try to achieve the light. He is the light. See, God is displaying the light that a dark world needs to see through his church. The church in Acts showed us a lot of what that looks like. Really, a lot of what this morning looks like. See, we gather here this morning and we file in and we sit in our seats and God willing, we bring praise to God. And we serve, there's ushers and people in kids ministry and there's people barbecuing out there and we bring glory to God by the way that we gather, by the way that we lift his name, by the way that we speak to one another, by the way that we break bread with one another, God is revealing his wisdom. How is it that a group of ragamuffins and hooligans can gather together in one voice to bring glory to God? because of his multifaceted wisdom. And that's what he's revealing to the world through each and every single one of us. And it has eternal consequences. Verse 11 says, this was his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus, our Lord. He didn't just make it up on the fly. He didn't just see us and say, oh, okay, I guess I'll use them. This was his eternal purpose. It is what he's continuing to do. An eternal plan that no one can thwart or frustrate. He includes us. Trust me, I, I try all too hard to insert my own ideas and my own plans. And because we want to work hard to find the list of things that we need to do because we, we want to serve God, we end up trying to do our own purposes we want to try with all of our strength to accomplish his purposes, but we end up doing our own thing because we haven't realized, we haven't opened up to see that God has already done it. And yes, yes, it's true. God does call us to respond and to be responsible for everything that he has given us. But we must remember that God has already accomplished what he has set out for us to do. He's already accomplishing his ultimate purpose through us. I came back late last night from teaching at junior high camp. And I was able to slip in some fun and sun here and there. But if you've ever been around 40 plus junior high students for an entire weekend at camp, trust me, I've been there, two things are true. The first thing is that nothing tires you out more than constant fun and students wanting to hang on you and throw water on you and blob them until you can't blob them anymore. <laughs> but there's also a second thing that is very true, that there are very few things that will cause such pure joy in your heart as when you see junior hires begin to know God and worship him with all their heart. The reason I share that with you this morning is because the Lord showed me that it's not in the big works that I do, not in the job that I have or currently don't have, <laughs> or the size of my family that gives me purpose. See, he showed me that it's in the everyday intentional living of allowing Christ to shine through me, of giving him glory through every action that I have found my purpose. See, he was speaking to my stubborn heart. I've already done this work. 
I have already laid it out. Walk forward in faith and I will show you my wisdom. I will show the world my wisdom through you. We're called to be faithful. And I, I don't want to send the incorrect message this morning. I'm not saying that God doesn't give us responsibilities and or his work to do. Actually, we're all called to do his work. And it's beautiful and it's good. But it is that. It's his work. It's his purpose. It's for his glory. Paul wasn't excited because of what had been revealed, was not only excited because of what had been revealed in Christ, but he was also excited because God uses his people to display his love and wisdom to the universe. Church, family, God has called you to your families, to your jobs, to the various responsibilities. He has called us to this kingdom family. And in this family, we walk in God's purpose. When we walk according to what his son has already done in our lives, the world will see, the world will know that he is good. Christ, in turn, he becomes our words. He becomes our actions. He becomes our thoughts. He even becomes our feelings. And that was God's eternal plan that his son would rest upon his people, that we would be his bride, that we would be his children, that we would be his kingdom family, displaying his glory for all the world to see. This morning, we, I, need to be reminded that the mystery has, yes, been revealed. And in Christ, yes, we have salvation. All people, every tribe and every nation can come to the Father. Each one of us joined to his kingdom family. And this mystery is now being made known through the church. The world is crying out to know God. People are desperate and hurting in this world. And they are deep in darkness that they can't even see what they need. But a purpose, our purpose has a definite definition for us in the family of God. We are to reveal, we are to declare his excellencies. We are called to reveal his plan, his mystery to the world. God is using his family to display the love of Christ. God is using his kingdom family to display his love to the world. I want to invite the worship team to come on up. As I was leading up to this weekend, a month or so ago and really started really studying a couple of weeks ago, I think the anxiousness really started to hit me about what I would say, what God wanted to say. And again, I was reminded that God says, I've already done that. I've already laid that out before you. I've already accomplished my purpose through you. I've already given you the words that you are going to speak and they are going to glorify me and they are going to honor me and they're going to bring glory to my name. For a lot of us in here, you may be searching for your purpose. <laughs> you may be asking God now, what's next? What are you doing? And I would ask you, I would advise you to come to God and say, God, how can I trust in the day-to-day in the morning, ask that your purpose would be done to me. See, it is a long run. <laughs> it is a long battle. 
The Lord goes before us. He is faithful, and in turn, we could be faithful to him. He wants to accomplish his purpose through each and every single one of you. This morning, we have the opportunity to respond to that. Thank you, God, that you've already said it before me. Thank you, Lord, that you are already being glorified through your church. There are many of you that are hurting because you haven't been able to see that and you haven't been able to feel that. But God has reminded you, I have not forgotten you. Come to me. I will give you rest. I will show you the path that you are to go. I will give you my purpose. And yet for still some of us, we haven't seen the mystery that has been revealed to each and every one of us. See, today is the day of salvation. Christ reveals himself to his people. Christ sacrificed it all so that we would know God that we could be the family of God, that we would be able to accomplish the purposes of God. This morning, we have the opportunity also to respond, yes, Lord, I put my faith in you. Yes, Jesus, you are the mystery that has been revealed. Yes, Jesus, you have redeemed me. I wanna follow you. I wanna be a kingdom kid. I wanna be a part of your kingdom family, and I wanna be a part of your kingdom purpose. Church, Let's respond this morning. I know it's a little bit crowded in here with the extra chairs, but we have the carpets available to us here this morning to come, to be with the Lord, to surrender the things that you're holding on to, that list of things, the purposes maybe that you've put in the way that keeps you from doing the purpose of God. We have the ability and the opportunity to surrender that right here. The prayer team will be to my left and right. Listen, you might think that you're one of those people that's like, I, I just, I can't. I, I can't go up to somebody. No, today's the day that you could come alongside someone and someone will come alongside you to pray. That's a brother. That's a sister. That wanted to lead you to your Father God. And church, it says that the, the church in Acts broke bread together. We'll get to do that afterwards, but we also get to do that here this morning. We get to confess in the breaking of bread and in the dipping of the wine or the juice in this case. We get to confess that yes, Jesus, Jesus' body was torn, his blood was shed. Also that we could be saved. Church, let's do that together this morning. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, God, that it's not in the in the long run of the future of things that you've called me to do, it's right here in this moment. You use my, my stumbling words, you use my crooked heart, God, and you reveal yourself to us. And so we thank you, Lord. We thank you, God, that you have revealed yourself and your purposes to us, that we, Lord, get to display your manifold wisdom to the whole universe. Father, thank you. Thank you because you are good. Thank you because you are faithful. Thank you because you are our God. Thank you because you are our Father. And we are a part of your family. And this morning, God, we want to give you the praise.